0: Welcome Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights here for an outtake episode. You may remember rocco rosado the totally blind collector he's uh, very expressive as you heard in the other episodes but I, I kept going and we got into some other stuff and i thought that might be of interest again very unique situation all of us uh, sight is precious rocco's lost his he's got a great attitude about it and still fa- finding interesting ways to enjoy the hobby i thought that was worth sharing thanks sponsors top spin in the upper deck heritage auctions huckson scott auctions mike stadium sports cards burbank sports cards as well as comc.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So thanks, Rocco, for sharing your story and uh, continuing on. Again, Rocco is is an amazing example of what makes this hobby great. So thanks, everybody. And here's Rocco.
1: I'm not thrilled not seeing, believe me. It's not, I don't want to make, oh, I'm glad that I can't see. No, I, I definitely wish I could and something's been taken. But I realized I had no choice in the matter. Yeah. And this is what it is at this point. I could either mope about it or I can move on and try to make the best of it and having a hobby has definitely made it more tolerable and I always look at there are people in far worse circumstances than uh, I am most people given the choice not seeing is probably the one they would say I'd rather lose an arm I'd rather this but given the choice to not see I know it scares a lot of people and that's not the one they would choose but I'm grateful to be in this great country of ours I'm doing well. The man in the house of cards is doing well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all, all things considered.
0: Like I said, it, it's the greatest hobby. Now to think it's the greatest hobby, even if you can't see. Yeah. And yeah,
1: I, 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 it is. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll take a box from the garage and ask my wife to go through it with me. That's how we wound up with one of the old show boxes that when I did the show circuit in the 80s and finding those Lou Alcindor rookies and the Gretzky rookies and the price stickers still on them. It's funny. I know I sold some Gretzky rookies back then for $11 each. I remember that. Are you pursuing anything? With your Clemente, I know you're a big Clemente guy. Do you have the 68 3D? Yeah, yeah. You do, you lucky dog. I got it in a trade with George Lyons. Oh, yeah. He was a stockbroker from White Plains. I lived in Westchester at that time. I did Gloria's first East Coast National. I actually set up at it. You may have been there. Yeah. So did a lot of Gloria's shows, uh, Yonkers Raceway, and then she did one in New Jersey, but her East Coast Nationals at the White Plains County Center. So you got that from George? Back
0: Uh, a long time ago. I think
1: you got the better of the deal somehow.
0: Well, George was so prolific that he, there was a deal flow. And so he wasn't concerned about winning every deal. In fact, he wanted to make it on volume. It's like milking the cow. You got to keep milking the cow or it goes dry. So he tried to keep make a deal every month. I'd do better some. He'd do better some. He'd find out what I wanted. He'd get it for me and he'd find out something I had that he wanted. He was just relentless but lovable.
1: And he's gone now. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of the as you go through the in memoriams, oh yeah, I I know these guys. I remember Dude. stopping by their tables or Dude. whatever. Or Alan Rosen, really? uh, I remember My when God. he was selling those 52 mantles for three thousand dollars each. No way, I'm not are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> are you nuts? I remember the Willow Grove show. You probably went to I those. Was there. I George was there. Washington. Yeah. yeah, when the Motor Lodge came up. Yep, yep, yep. Crazy, but it's easy to look back now and all the things we should have bought, could have bought, would have bought. But like I said, tending to be a bit frugal. I didn't and did okay. Can't complain. But I still wish I would have bought more of those 66 top cello packs, mixed high number series, sixth and seventh series. But 25 cents, I'm only buying the ones where I can see a Yankee on top or a Met. So I wound up getting a couple of packs with Bobby Richardson showing on top and left the rest of the box there. 25 cents each. But I do recall going back and saying, Do you have any more? I thought, Wait, Hank Garen's in this series. There are other good players in here. Maybe I should buy a few. I could splurge for another dollar and, and get four more packs. Went back. No, they're all gone. Uh, you must have a ton of stories like that. That's
0: the reason I'm doing these podcasts because I'll remember the stories when somebody mentions their story and it reminds me that I have a story similar. In some cases, right? You so can't write down a hundred stories, but if I interview a hundred people, right, come it really out reminds me of a different situation.
1: The fact that we do have those stories and situations where what makes certain things more difficult to obtain or how readily available or how certain cards and you could never find them well centered. The irony is the cards I buy have to be centered, and the only way I know is through my wife. She'll Buy them and she's gotten a few dealers. No, she'll say, I think that's 70 30. said, No, that's well centered, Rock. And she'll nudge me and say, No, nah, I don't think so. So she's the fickler as far as. <laughs> The cards being centered and all that she knows, that's the way I would like them. But back in the day, we didn't care about that. I have numerous cards in my collection from back then. Oh, I have this, but boy, it's not centered at all. Why did I buy this? I wouldn't buy this now. But the centering was not an issue, even conditioned to a certain extent. Oh, it has a ding corner, but I have the card. That's okay. Uh, As long as there weren't any creases.
0: People that were too finicky about condition, they weren't social pariahs, but when people saw them coming and all they wanted were the perfect cards, it was just too
1: complicated.
0: Like you said, you didn't want creases, you didn't want badly dinged
1: corners, but if it was excellent, that was acceptable for sure. But see, I I got a lot fussier now that I don't have vision. Yeah. I'll actually be at shows, and dealers know that uh, I'm fussy and all. And sometimes they'll take the card out of the holder and let me feel the card. Yeah, and I can run my hands up and down the card and and tell, oh, this has a soft corner. <laughs> I can tell that with their permission. I don't take it. And my wife will once say, "I think there's a ding on the upper left corner. Can you go and feel it?" And I'll Run my hand. I said, yeah, there is. You're right. You saw that. A lot of times my wife will be looking at cards from dealers that know us and they'll describe, hey, Rock, I think this is a good one for you. And she'll say, mm, if you look at it, she'll go to the dealer. There's a tiny crease. She has Ted William eyes. She has 2010 vision. Isn't that ironic? Yeah, she has unbelievable eyes.
0: Vision for both of you.
1: Yeah, exactly. So she'll spot things on cards that even dealers like looking. No, I don't see anything there, Rock or whatever. I said, the Frondell said there is. Oh, let me take it. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're, You're absolutely right. All that she knows is condition. She doesn't know the year of the card, But as far as imperfections, she's able to spot those and can point them out i unfortunately passed on some cards I wish, even with the uh, imperfections, I I picked up. Once again, those are all the stories in our war chest. So, Are you looking for any Clementes out there? When I go to the National, I'll look
0: around if something really struck my eye. Most of my buying was a long time ago when things were cheaper.
1: When I started going to shows again after not going for a while and then seeing the prices of cards. uh, Oh, I remember back when... Like I said, mantle cards weren't $100 each. I was paying $10. Now they're 100 I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> Fortunately, I gave in on that. My favorite card of all time isn't even a Yankee. 1966 Maze, card number one in the set. I love that card. It's yeah. it's from childhood. Yeah. Uh, opening up first series packs. And oh, I know why. I opened up a, a pack and the Maze card was a blank back. Really? Uh, I, yeah, I still have the card. There were two cards in the pack that were blank back. The Mays and Sam Melly. You remember the twins manager? Yeah. They were both blank backs at the time. I said, wow, this is strange. They were just white. I never seen that before. I was like, what happened here? I still have those two cards actually in my collection. Yeah. They're not in as good condition. I thought I was keeping them in decent condition. When you look back and then you realize how difficult it is to really have near mint cards yeah. i thought i took decent care of the cards i didn't pitch or flip my keepsies like oh this is a mantle. i'm keeping this one didn't flip it now i look back at them and said this is how i kept it i could feel it, it's not in great shape and i said wow it's tough to have near mint cards through all the years i i Thought I kept my 71 tops in a box. I don't know if you remember the cello packs tops uh, created outer boxes with the cello in. I think in 1970, it was 33 cards for 25 cents. And it was a green colored box with a window on the front and inside was the clear cello but the box was part of the uh, packaging. They did that in 70 and 71. They also did it for football, but in 70, it was 33 cards for a quarter, 71, 30 cards for a quarter. I thought I kept the cards in there and didn't play with them much. Years later, when I did have vision and I looked at them, I said, oh, there's some white showing on the Notorious 71s. And you handled it. Yeah. I, I, I thought I kept them in great condition and much to my chagrin, no, these aren't holding up. Why is there white showing on the tips and all when I didn't play with these? They were well handled. So that just shows you, I I don't know, tough to keep cards. That's the great thing about grading. Once they're encapsulated, there they are. They're going to be what they say they are for the most part. And you have a large portion of your collection that you've gotten graded, huh?
0: Not a large portion, but at a certain level, you grade it for preserving and keeping it from getting damaged. So the cards I want to display, right? I don't want to give a raw card to somebody to mishandle.
1: Understood. Yeah. I'm glad grading is there. I've never graded a card myself. I've purchased graded cards, obviously. I, I don't know how many I have, maybe a couple of thousand, but I've never actually sent in a card to be graded. I've bought graded cards and that enabled me to continue with eBay doing it with my wife eyeing the cards and all I knew. Okay, I want sevens or better. That's what she would look for. I'll say, okay, this card, 1965 tops Mantle. Let's look for that and start with sevens. I don't want anything lower than a seven. Check out the centering. How many Mantle 65s you have to look through to get a centered one? quite a few. It's off centered side to side and top to bottom. If you go on eBay now, look, I guarantee at least 80% of them will not be centered. In certain years, in certain cards, that's true that they're difficult because of where they were on the sheet. On the
0: sheet. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. It took me forever to find the 49 Jackie Robinson rookie that looked good and was centered in a seven first of all, it doesn't pop up all that often, even back then. And when it did, and so many times my wife will go through, nah, you wouldn't want this one. No, I don't like the way this looks. It's like, can I buy one? I fortunately bought it way back then, but it took forever to find one that was decent enough and was centered, looked good, where the background color stood out. It, it, it was a lot of work I put her through <laughs> and she was tough, but any greater card I've never seen I've only gone on what Rondell has said they look like. But according to her, all my cards are centered. She wouldn't buy it if it wasn't centered in the top 10% in that grade. So it may be a seven, but it's one of the best sevens.
0: Yeah. That's what people are doing these days.
1: The yeah, card. but we were doing it before we ever knew that's what you should be doing. I, we I fell appe- into it.
0: My appeal always mattered. It just didn't uh-huh. matter as much as it does now. Now it matters a lot.
1: Yeah, but that was the irony of it, Jim, because she was saying, this doesn't look good. There's a smudge. She was going solely on condition where I was going, I want the card. I want it to look good. But she was nitpicking. Because that's all she knew was like, oh, nah, there's a little smudge I could see on this one. No. How did this ever get a seven? This should never be a seven. It has this and that. So I would assume I'll have to show someone, uh, another collector going through and saying, how did she do (laughs) on on these? Are these all well-centered? Do they really look as nice as she's telling me they look? But in my mind's eye, they all are, you know, it's... uh but that was before like i said i fell into this now i hear all the time people say oh what's the eye appeal on that oh that really looks nice it has good eye appeal and etc but she always said i'm part owner of these cards i want them to be (laughs) the nicest looking ones so she was a lot smarter than i was without even knowing it doing all